I want to begin with something that you already know because um, it makes us all feel really smart, me included, right? Here's what you already know, is that the human race that we're all a part of has a tendency to be selfish. You know that though, don't you? The reason you know that is because you are a human being and you are surrounded by other human beings. And we get started early in life with this whole selfish thing. I mean, just watch a toddler. Watch a toddler and listen to a toddler. Spend time around this little human being and how naturally they gravitate to the words mine and my, mine. No one gives them a lesson. No one sits their two-year-old down and says, okay, this is the way it works. You take it for yourself and say, mine or mine. No one, I don't ever remember sitting my girls down and, and doing a training session on how to be selfish and how to be possessive with those things. No, they just naturally gravitate to it. They get started early. And then they become teenagers. And the theme and the mantra is, it's my life. That's my life. You can't tell me it's my life. You can't, you can't. With a, whoa, 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 time out just a second. I gave life to you. And I provide for and pay for this life you enjoy. And suddenly now it's my life. <laughs> oh, no. Boy, that just gets you all riled up, doesn't it? I mean, if you haven't had, if you haven't had teenagers, just wait. That's a blessing feeling right there. Right? It's, it's just interesting. That's my life. You can't tell me. That's my life. That's my life. It's just... Now, okay, in all, in all fairness, though, we, we were all there. And then you become an adult. And it gets a little bit more complex, this whole selfishness and my life idea. When you become an adult and you begin to work for things and own things, Right? You begin to work for things and then you own things and, and you put your name on it because they belong to you because you work for them, you earn them. It's interesting. And I, I want to say this, I don't, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but the American dream really doesn't help us here. Now the American dream is a great idea, a great concept. This has inspired many, many people, but it's really not very helpful when it comes to selfishness. Why? Because the American dream says, if you can dream it, you can do it. If you can dream it, you can do it. You can do anything and you can have anything you want as long as you work hard for it and set your mind to it and you'll get what you want. Except it doesn't always work that way, does it? Not for you, not for me, not for most people. It doesn't always work that way. And so the American dream, as well-intended as it is, it doesn't really help us. It, at the end of the day, it kind of fuels this selfishness and self-centered thinking and living. And then we get possessive. Just talking about all of us, me and you. We get really possessive. We get possessive specifically over things that we really don't have ultimate possession over. Think about that. How possessive we get over the things that we really don't have ultimate possession or control over. We really can't control them, but we get really possessive on them. When they, we want them a certain way, we want a certain thing, and it doesn't go a certain way, we get really frustrated. Possessive. 
You know, most things in life we can't control, yet we get possessive over them and we want it a certain way because we tend to be a little bit selfish. In fact, I would take a step further and say the most important things in life, most things in life and especially the most important things in life have all been given to us. Think about it. This life you're living right now is a gift. Oxygen that you're breathing in and out is a gift. You didn't do that. How possessive we get. How quickly we go to moving to my rights. I have a right to, I have a right for. Don't, don't, don't impinge upon my, don't infringe upon my rights. It's interesting, isn't it? When you think about it, the most important things in life are all given to us. Our bodies is a gift. It's a gift. Your health and your energy, yeah, there's things we can do that make health and energy worse and better and all that kind of stuff, but it's all a gift. Yeah. The most important things in life, like um, relationships, gifts, your job, and the money you get from your, oh, no, no, see, that's mine because I work. Oh, wait, 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 who gives you the ability to work? It's a gift. Do you know that there are many people who work harder than you work and have less than you have? And if you don't think that is true, we got other issues. There's a lot of people that work harder than you work and longer than you've worked for it and have less than you have to show for it. You know, it's a gift. Time is a gift. Opportunity is a gift. So the most important things in life that we get possessive over are actually given to us. And do you know what that means? That means we are stewards. We are stewards of what has been given to us that unfortunately we get possessive over because we are selfish. We're stewards. The word steward is really just a manager of someone else's things. And stuff. We are stewards. Everything, especially the most important things, have been given to you. They come from God and ultimately are for him. Everything comes from him ultimately and is intended for his purposes and glory. Ultimately. And so that means we're stewards of everything. Now God plays along with our possessiveness to a degree and he allows us to pencil our names on things. Like, like toddler, you know, writing our names in crayons, like little kids on things. But here's the interesting thing. It's not really yours because either it's going to break and leave you or you're going to die and leave it. And, it's no, and then someone else is going to erase your name off of it and they're going to put their name on it and then it's going to become theirs, right? So you never really had it. You were just a steward. You were just a manager of it while it was within your grasp temporarily. You see what I'm saying? And everything in life falls into that category. In an absolute sense, God owns absolutely everything. In an absolute sense, you and I own absolutely nothing. We are stewards of every single thing. So here's what I want to talk to you about today. is helping us understand as a selfish human race, that all of life is a stewardship of things that are not just about me or just for me. All, all of life, all of life, all of it is a stewardship. 
All of it's from God. Ultimately, all of it is for God. You just look in your, you, it'd be good for you to walk around this week and, or walk around this afternoon and look at everything in your house and everything on your property or everything in your closet, everything in your possession and just go stewardship, stewardship, stewardship. It's all a gift. All of this is a gift. Even though I, I have said I earned it and it's mine, it's really a gift. Your marriage is a stewardship. Your children, your family, it's a stewardship. Children are a gift from the Lord, we're told in the scriptures. Your job, your career, it's a stewardship. Every part of life. Now, here's the deal. It includes you. You get to use it. You get to benefit from it. And you get to even call it a blessing. That God has blessed us. You can get to, that, that's great. That's absolutely fine. You get to enjoy it. In fact, God tells us. He gives us all good things to enjoy. God wants us to enjoy. Nothing wrong with that at all. But here's the deal. You're not the end of it. You're not the end of it. You're just a steward of it. All of life is a stewardship. And it doesn't end with you. And that helps us stay connected to the bigger picture of life. The bigger picture is that, hey, what about God? Hey, what about other people? It's never just about me. It's never just about you. All your stuff is never just about you. All of life is a stewardship. Okay, hang with me just for a few minutes. Let me come around it another way. Let's get philosophical just a second. Okay, Here, here's a big question that you're gonna wrestle with it at some point if, if no other place in, in a classroom maybe. What's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of life? What a big question. What a big philosophical question. What's the meaning of life? I don't really think that's the best question to, to ask. I think there's a better way to frame it, and we'll get there. But the reason this is not the best question is regardless of how you answer that, regardless of how you answer that, as selfish human beings, we have a tendency to turn life into a formula to get it. What's the meaning of life? We turn it into a formula, Right? Like, like it's like we just got to get that thing, whatever the meaning of life is. For instance, if the meaning of life is donuts, yeah. If the meaning of life is donuts, then what would we do? We would say, okay, if the meaning of life is donuts, must have more donuts. How do I get more donuts? And as soon as I get donuts, I have the meaning of life. Case closed. End. Right? No, no, no. See, we're going to turn almost anything you put in that blank. What's the meaning of life? We will turn it into a formula and make it about ourselves as if we are the end in and of ourselves. But here's the deal. As followers of Jesus, we believe that this life is not the end. This life is a means to an end. And so the question is, the means. What means am I living for? Here's a better question. Not what's the meaning of life, but what gives life meaning? This is a much better question. This is a much, much better question to ask. Get you, get you much further along than what's the meaning of life is what gives life, my life, your life, our lives meaning. What means by which we live adds meaning to life? And when you don't get that right, what means... So when you live that way, actually drains meaning from life. And there's really only a couple of options. There's really only a couple of options that make sense to answer this question with. What gives life meaning? What gives life more meaning? And Jesus nods at these 
two options in the story, in the parable that we're going to look at. And you're going to see how this comes back around and addresses our possessiveness, our selfishness, our, I want to make this about me, forgetting that all of life is a stewardship of the things that are not just about me and are not just for me and are not just about you and are not just for you. The story we're going to look at that Jesus told is called the story or the parable of the rich fool. Here's the setting. Someone in the crowd, when Jesus was teaching one day, said to him, teacher, could you tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me? You get that? Two brothers. Could you tell my brother? Could you tell my... I, I love this next part. Okay. Jesus replied, man. <laughs> I love that. Maybe he didn't say it just like that, but that's the way I read it. Man, <laughs> who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? In other words, don't you pull me into that. Can you imagine all the stuff Jesus got pulled into? I mean, when people begin to clue in the fact that he's not just a man, this is actually God in flesh and bone. This is Jesus, this is the Messiah, and he can do miracles, and he knows everything, and he can read people's minds and thoughts and all this kind of stuff. When people begin to clue into this, can you imagine the stuff? Hey, Jesus, what do you think? Hey, Jesus, and they're all hoping that Jesus is going to weigh in on their side. Hey, Jesus, I mean, he knows everything. Hey, Jesus, the horse race, the camel race. <laughs> He's going to put a little something down. What do you think, Jesus? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I don't watch camel races or horse races, really. Man, who appointed me to be a judge? Arbitrary? And then watch what Jesus said next. Jesus is now going to the deeper thing, the thing behind the thing. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. You got to be careful for greed because greed will sneak up on you and you don't realize it and it'll sink its claws and hooks into you and, and it'll wreak havoc in your life before you even realize what's going on. Be careful, Jesus said. And then he makes this big statement, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he told them a parable. Life does not consist Life is not about what you have. Life is not about stuff. In other words, when we're talking about what gives life meaning, Jesus is getting at here, having doesn't equal meaning. More having doesn't mean more meaning. More stuff, more possessions, more things doesn't translate to a better life. We get so selfish and possessive over everything. And we forget that all of life is a stewardship anyway. It's all given to us. It's all temporary. Having doesn't mean meaning. And then Jesus told this parable. Before we jump into the parable, this parable is like almost half of Jesus' parables that he told. Almost half of Jesus' parables had the context of money and or possessions and our attitudes towards those things. So it was a big deal. Jesus tells the story. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. In other words, he had a bumper crop. Good year, it's a good year, great. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops I and mean, I've got so much stuff. And so this is what he did. He said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones than there. I, I'll be able to store my surplus grain. I don't have enough room. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna tear down the old stuff and we're gonna build bigger stuff so we can have more room for my stuff and for the, for the grain and everything. And it's just gonna be more, bigger, better, nicer, newer. 
it's kind of the theme of you know, the American dream. Bigger, better, nicer, newer. Bigger, better, nicer, newer. We're always wanting something bigger, better, nicer, newer, more. Watch this. And then I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, be merry. You have arrived, my friend. You're in good shape. You have hit the mother load. Kick back. Just take it easy. You're there. Watch this. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. In other words, you're going to die tonight. You didn't realize this, dude. You're, you're going to die. And then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? Now, see, he didn't see that. He didn't see it that way, right? But that's really what was driving this whole thing. More, 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 more for me so that now I can kick back and relax and my life is so much more comfortable. He said, what are you going to have to show for yourself? You're not going to have, really, you're going to die. You're going to leave all of that. Then somebody else is going to pencil their name on it and they're going to enjoy it and you never really had it to begin with. And then Jesus throws this down. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. This is how it will be. Wow. So what, what's he talking about here? I mean, what's this about? What is, and what does it mean? I mean, to store up things for themselves, we get that because we do that well. We're selfish it's by nature. But So what does it mean to be rich towards God? Now, here, here, here's the deal. This story... And the application and the point of this is so much bigger than money and stuff and possessions, but it certainly includes it. Certainly includes it. But it's so much bigger because all of life is a stewardship. All of life. And this is not really about what you have or how much you have, but the purpose and the focus and the point of why you have it and what you're doing with it when you're a steward of it and it's in your temporary possession. You see, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. Nothing wrong with possessing things. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. Nothing wrong with having that. The problem is when it has you. It's not about what you have. It's what has you. That's the point. Again, God wants us to enjoy the world. God gave us all good things to be enjoyed. That's what he said. God blesses us and God wants us to enjoy life. And I can imagine God, our Heavenly Father, looking down on us and said, oh, oh, come on, kids. Isn't it great? Isn't it great as a parent, if you're a parent, or, or maybe as an aunt and uncle, you have nieces or nephews, and especially if you're a grandparent, to see your children and grandchildren enjoy the things that you provide for them. Doesn't that just kind of do something for you right here? Doesn't it give you such joy? Yeah. Why it's so frustrating on Christmas morning when they lay aside the toy and they play with the box? I didn't get you a box. I got you what was in the box, but they want the box. So let's just buy them boxes. In fact, we have so many Amazon boxes, all of us in our home, we shouldn't shop at all. We should just, hey, here's all your boxes. <laughs> it gives you great joy. God gets great joy when we enjoy the world that he has created for us. It's not about what you have and how much you have. The problem is, is when it has you 
And that's a very easy trap to fall into, the trap of greed and possessiveness. And when it sinks its claws into you in ways you don't even realize. See, so it's not about what you have. It's about what you're doing with it and and the purpose of it and the focus of it. And what is this about? What is this about? These things you have, what are you making them about? There's really only two options. I mean, for the sake of being overly simplistic, there's only really two options. Jesus shows us. The focus and the purpose of what you have, you can make it about you, yourself, or, or you can make it about God. That sounds cliche, but I'm telling you, there's really only two options here. You can make it about yourself, your name, your achievement, your needs, your wants, your plans, your desires, what you want to do with what you have. And that's why, that's why I have it to begin with, because I want to do this and I want to do this. And then I'm going to get me one of those and I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this over here. And then we're going to get that because they have one of those and then they have that and then their kids. And I don't want my kids to be the only one without. So that, and then we'll do this. And then I don't know who we're trying to keep up with, but we're keeping up with somebody. And I'd really like to be the person that other people try to keep up with. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. And, and see, we don't say any of that stuff out loud. Right? And, and then we get a handle on it and then we go to Instagram and we're like, oh, <gasps> no, I'm the only one. Yeah, you can make it about yourself or you can make it about something bigger. Interesting, when Jesus described what it looked like and what it meant to follow him, Remember that time, we've talked about this before. Remember the time when Jesus described following him this way? He said, if you're gonna follow me, you must deny yourself. (laughs) Well, what's the fun in that? Deny yourself? See, Jesus, the way of Jesus has always been countercultural. Always, always. In every culture, in every century, it's always been countercultural. So if you're not careful, you'll take everything that you're a steward of that has been given to you and you will make you the end of it and you will make it about you. You will make yourself the means and I'm telling you, that will not bring meaning because as Jesus told this guy at the end of your life, if all you have to show for yourself is yourself, it's not a lot. Or you can make it about something bigger the purposes of God, understanding that all you are and all you have exists ultimately to serve him. And you find meaning as you look at everything in your life as a gift from him to say, God, may all of these things serve you. Yes, you get to enjoy them. Yes, they are a blessing. Yes, you can have great moments and memories and fun. There's nothing wrong with having. It's about whether or not it has you. And it's hard to admit What's the purpose? What's the focus? What have you made it about? Yeah. You say, well, what about other people? This is interesting. You said there's really only two options. Either I make it about me or I make it about God. Well, I try to help other people. Mm, That's a great point because here's the deal. When you help others, do do you know what that is? You're actually honoring God. Jesus made that connection. Because Jesus said, when you serve and help and meet needs for those around you, even the least of these, you've done it to me. Jesus said, I take that personally. So basically, there's just two options. It's just you or it's the purposes of God. Your purposes and your plans or God's purposes and his plans. 
In the end, I am not the end. The purposes of God is the end. In the end, you are not the end. The purposes of God, the end. Because all of life, the stewardship of things that are not just about me, but for me. I mean, just, just let that sink in. This, this means how you spend your time, how you spend your energy, how you spend your resources, including your money, will be affected by the fact that all of it's a stewardship. It's all temporarily yours until it's somebody else's. And so what did you do with it while it was in your possession temporarily? We really don't possess it because we don't control it. This is about investing. It's about investing your one and only life in something that's bigger than you, beyond you, more than you. Something eternally significant. Something that will outlive you. Something that has purposes way beyond just you. It's what Jesus called in Matthew chapter 6, storing up your treasures in heaven, not just here on earth. In other words, where's your focus of your stuff? What's the purpose of your stuff? Now, I don't want anyone here to feel, I, I say this, but maybe you should. I say I don't want anyone here to feel guilty because of what you have, unless what you have has you. And then when what you have has you, and you make it about you. It's a really easy, really easy to fall in that trap. And I've talked to, I mean, just from uh, like the Thursday night, uh, this is Sunday, and I gave this message at our Thursday evening service, and had, I've had interesting conversations with people who attended the Thursday evening service, and a lot of them were just like, man, this is heavy. Man, man, I don't know, I feel weird now. Man, I don't know, I don't know, I feel kind of bad. I'm like, no, 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 just wrestle with it. This is something we wrestle with, and if we're not wrestling with this, I'm telling you, we're really close, really close from giving in to the, the, grip, and, the grip and the hold of greed, making it about ourselves. Wrestle with it. All of life is a stewardship. All of it. All right, let me give you some good news. You want some good news? Here's some really good news. Because this is tough. This really is tough. And, and I, would, I would say it's tough for first world people. Right? And we are first world people living in America. Yep. But here's some good news. Okay? This is very good news for your poorly performing 401k. This is great news for that. Your very poorly performing retirement portfolio, which really now is not really much of a portfolio. It's more of a post-it note, isn't it? Yeah, your, your retirement post-it note. This is really good news. First of all, there's nothing wrong with having a 401k. There's nothing wrong with planning for the future. In fact, it's wise. It's good. The scriptures teach us about planning for the future. That's wise. That's good. That's important. But why are you doing that? Are you like this guy? You say, well, I just need bigger barns. I just need places to put more of my stuff. 
right? I, I just need more. I just want to make sure that I have enough. I just want to make sure that I'm good. I just want to make sure that I'm good and comfortable. Me, 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 mine, me, mine, me, mine. You're becoming possessive over something that's really not something you have possession over ultimately. And so there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to plan for the future, but here's the truth. The truth is, it ain't about that. Pressure's off. So go do this this afternoon, okay? Go pull up your accounts, and instead of feeling discouraged, go, oh, pressure's off, because it ain't about that anyway, or even mostly about that. Now, there's nothing wrong with retiring. If you're retired, great. If you're planning on retiring, great. If, if you're working towards retirement, great. Nothing wrong with that at all. But if that's the point of everything, yeah, there's something wrong with that. Okay? Because that's just focused on you and yours. Right? Yeah. So wrestle with this. You say, well, this makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, I love you, but good. Okay? Because it makes me feel uncomfortable too. Like, I'm not quite sure what to do with this. Good. Wrestle with this. Don't dismiss it. All of life. Stewardship. Let me put it in the form of a question. It's, I mean, since we're being real chummy and everything, so let's just, let's just take it one step further. Here's another way of getting at it. Ask yourself, who am I living for? Like, really? Because here's the deal. God knows the answer to this question already. Yeah, you're, not, you're not answering this question for him. You're answering it for you. Because this needs to be a moment of self-discovery. Who am I living for? Because really only two options. You're living for yourself or you're living for the purposes of God, ultimately. That's it. Only two options. Another way to get at this is why am I doing this? And you can fill in the blank for this. Why am I? (laughs) Why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? Why am I buying this? Why am I purchasing this? Why am I ordering this? Really? What is this about? Who's this about? Really? Really? Why am I choosing this? Like, really, who am I living for in this moment? This is something you should wrestle with and ask yourself regularly. Why am I saying yes to this? Why, why do I keep, why am I saying no to this? Like, what's really behind this? What, is this about me? Is this about me? Is this about my fear? Is this about my, my greed that I don't want to admit that I'm dealing with? Is this about my selfishness? Or if I really, or am I truly trying to honor the Lord with this, with all these things? And this shows up. If you want the answer to this question, all you gotta do is look at your daily life. It shows up in your daily decisions. The answer to this question shows up in your time and energy and money. Again, it's about investment of your one and only life. That you don't know which night your life and my life will be required of us. We don't know when today has got the last day, right? And that's not meant to scare anybody. That's not made to make anybody feel fearful. There's no reason to fear death. But death is coming. And Jesus said, oh, you don't want to get to that point. And look back and you got barns full of crap full of stuff that's really just about you. So what'd you do with what you have? Nothing wrong with having, but it's what you have, have you. 
then we have an issue. Because remember, all of life, can't say it enough, all of it is a stewardship. It's temporary and we're accountable. All of life is a stewardship of things that are not just about me. They're not just for me. They're not just about you. And they're not just for you. So may we leave here wrestling this, wrestling with this and fighting through this in our minds and our thinkings. And may it make us pause before we say yes, before we say no, before we buy it, before we sign the dotted line, before we build bigger barns. May it make us pause and get to the heart of the matter and who we're living for really. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this. And at the same time, please help us with this. Because in many ways, it's just like an honest punch in the gut. It's, it's reality check time. Father, you, you had this recorded for us and preserved for us so that we could look back on this story that Jesus told and benefit from it just as much as the original listeners and audience when you told it for the first time. We have new idea how many times you told the story. You probably told the story many, many times throughout your ministry. And yet we come back to it in 2022 and it still speaks volumes. Forgive us, Father, for being possessive over things that have been given by you. Forgive us for allowing greed to take hold, sneak up on us and we've given in. And we spiritualize a lot of things and, and, and we can talk ourselves into and through and past and out of a, a whole lot of stuff. But Lord, may we just be honest about who we're living for, really. May we look at all of our stuff and all of our things and, and wrestle with this. And it is going to be uncomfortable and that's okay because this is a big deal. Father, may we remember that all of our lives are a stewardship. All of it. Every single part of it. It's not just about us. and It's not just for us. Help us to elevate our perspective and broaden our, our view of, of what this is really all about. And show us how to take these things that you've given us as stewards and focus them on things and in ways that are eternally significant. Things that bring you honor and glory and advance your mission on earth. May we see everything through this lens. In Jesus' name, amen.